Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That is Brian Har. I'm Brian Har. I am James the Brain, and this is the Superflex Super Show. Brian, you and I, man, it's been a little bit since the two of us have done a podcast together where it's actually uh, everything's kind of aligned correctly. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this show, Brian. Um, we are going to be talking about rookies, more rookies, but look, we're going to put a different spin on it this time, Brian. We are going to go, now that free agency has kind of kind of lost some of its luster, the big names have kind of signed, we have a little bit more clarity on some of the potential landing spots for some of these rookies. We're going to talk best fit for some of these guys. So, Brian, man, first off, how are you? How have you been? Are you, are you, you know, everything good with, with the self-quarantine and everything? We got to make sure that everyone's good, man. And I haven't talked to you in a little bit, so so how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Um, just cooped up as is everyone else right now. So, um, hopefully, anyways, hopefully everybody's kind of taking it serious and staying home. Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying the time uh, at home. Uh, I I like being a homebody occasionally. So, um taking some walks and different things during the day, just right around my, my small little area here, um, to, to get outside. But, uh, outside of that, yeah, no, it's, it's going as well as can be expected. Um, I gotta be honest, man, I'm, I'm really excited about tonight. Um, it has been a while since we've been, uh, it's definitely been a while since we've done something, just the two of us. I know Ethan was on with us at one point, um, and the three of us did a show, I believe. But um, I mean, to finally hear now get an opportunity after we've talked about it to 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 bring Brian in the brain to fruition here in an episode. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm really excited about it. So I hope you're pumped up about it, too, man. How, how have you been hanging in? Have you been uh, you've been doing all right during the quarantine? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I have. Thank you for asking. It's it's been uh, it's been interesting. Uh, apparently, my job is essential, uh, which I never ever thought it would be, uh, but apparently it is. Apparently, people need loans uh, during this time, so I'll keep underwriting them. Um, uh, and 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 I'm you know I'm I, I'll be honest with you. While I don't you know I go to work and I come straight home. The only time I stop for anything is you know gas, pay at the pump, or if I need. Um, 
you know, some, some food or something that, you know, that uh, grocery type thing. But other than that, man, I am to work and home and uh, they're taking a ton of precautions. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful to, to still be able to, uh, to work. And I know there's a lot of people that, that aren't right now. So um, my heart goes out to them and in these trying times, but um, yeah, so I'm, I, you know, with everything going on, I, I guess uh, it could be a lot worse for myself. So I, I have to thank my lucky stars for sure. And, uh, and yeah, Brian, man, I have been looking forward to this. Look, when when you and I and Ethan all get together, Ethan really just outshines me, man. He's 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 uh, a superstar on the rise here, and uh, and so I I need him out of the way, you know. I need, you know, he eclipses me, and I just need him out of the way so I can kind of shine through a little bit, you know. I need my opportunity. Um, I feel like he he like Wally pipped me, you know. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I think I think I needed this. So um, with you, I think you and I can can play off each other. It's gonna go well, my friend. It's gonna go well. So um, you know, without any further ado, Brian, let's get started, man. I am so looking forward to this because now we can finally finally have some sort of idea on some of the teams that might be looking at some positions in the draft, right? So let's start with let's start with quarterback Brian and I am going to pick a player and I'm going to have you tell me what team you think he would best fit on and then vice versa you could pick uh, a player we've got five quarterbacks that we have listed we've got five running backs and we've got like eight or nine receivers so uh, we got a lot of players we're going to go over and we're going to list what we think is the best fit and why so the first player I am going to give you is. Justin Herbert. Now, I'm going to give him to you for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think you're higher on him than I am. Um, so I think you, you saw some stuff, some some things in his game that, uh, that you know, are going to carry over to the NFL level. So, again, realistically, I think we know some of the teams that might be targeting guys, but I, I don't even want that. I don't want to know where he's going to go. I want to know where he's going to thrive. So, again, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, a, a three-year starter in, in or- at Oregon. Um uh, you know, a, a very productive quarterback in that system. Uh, you know, really the knocks on him, I mean, he, he plays in a, in a conference that isn't really known for having some of the top defenses. Uh, he uh, uh, sometimes is, is inaccurate, not in his throws, but is inaccurate in, um, you know, what you get from him uh, from game to game. But uh, but he, he definitely put up some numbers there in Oregon, and, uh, and so he is a force to be reckoned with. He showed out at the Senior Bowl. Um, a lot of coaches came away raving about him. Um, so, Justin Herbert, tell me, Brian, what team, what's the best fit for him? Where, where's his best landing spot? Best case scenario for Justin Herbert. So this is going to be an interesting one because I'm I'm very um, I, I'm very locked in with my quarterback places like I I have very specific places where I want these guys to go um, for different reasons Uh, and and I know we're playing this game back and forth so I'm not going to take anybody but Justin Herbert right now Um, this is going to sound so weird saying this I honestly think that Miami is a is a great place for him to go Um, he, he you know he can go down there sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick another year, you know, for a year. I mean, Fitzpatrick just doesn't, I mean, the guy's had the, what, 17, 18 year NFL career. Um, drives you a little crazy as a fan, usually isn't on very competitive teams. Um, but those teams are usually more competitive because he's on them. So um, Herbert, you know, I, I think he's a, so Ryan Fitzpatrick has a big arm. You know, he can throw the ball downfield. 
kind of a gunslinger. Um, and and I think some of the weapons in that offense, you know, particularly Devontae Parker, um, you know, Mike Gesicki now is is emerging a little bit. Um it, I think that the weapons complement Fitzpatrick, and I think they will complement Justin Herbert as well. The big arm going down the field, um, hitting Gesicki on seam routes, um, using his height in the end zone, stuff like that. Um, And again, I I think it's ideal because he can sit a year and learn from a guy who has had a 17, 18-year NFL career in Ryan Fitzpatrick without having the pressure of I'm going to Miami and I have to step right in and be the starter in the National Football League day one. I mean, we've seen this work for other quarterbacks, and I'm certainly not suggesting that Justin Herbert is Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but we've seen this type of move work well for franchises in the past, and I think it would work well here as well with Justin Herbert. I I got to tell you, Brian, that the way you explained that made perfect sense to me. I love it. I think that's a great landing spot for her, but I, I think you just sold me on it. I, I really thought, uh, you know, honestly, I thought the Chargers were going to be his best fit, but when you explain the Dolphins and, and everything they've got going on, the complementary weapons that they have that uh, would fit in that offense, I love it, man. I think Herbert's a great fit. Very nice. Well done. Thank you. All right. Thank so you. Give, give, give me a guy, man. Give me a quarterback. I got I to gotta find a landing spot for him. Yeah, man. So, so I'm cutting right to it right off the bat. You know, saw the video here yesterday of Tua Tagovailoa moving around, running around, looking pretty good. You know, we all fall for those videos that show us absolutely nothing, but we think show us the world. Um, so I'm going to shoot you with Tua here, and and I'd like to get your thoughts on where you think would be ideal landing locations for Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, Tua Tungavailoa to me uh, is is a very interesting prospect. I, I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I, I, I'm very high on him. Um, I think as far as landing spot goes, I really like the Chargers. I think yes. the Chargers is a is, yeah, really nice fit. And, and, and look, the weapons there with Mike Williams, with uh, Keenan Allen, with um, – you know, with getting uh, uh, Hunter Henry, you know, back for a year uh, on the tag, uh, I think there's a lot of weapons there that he can work with. Um, I think, you know, th- just his style of play too is going to be um, acclimated well. I mean, Phil- Philip Rivers was there, and I think the problem with Rivers was he held the ball a lot, and, and that offensive line uh, wasn't always able to protect him, wasn't able to give him the time that he needed. So he ended up uh, being being forced to, to make a lot of uh, a lot of throws that. Uh, you know, either under duress or, you know, he was trying to make too much out of something. And I, I think with Tua, he's a, he's a very quick hitch. He likes to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, his athleticism will allow him to extend plays. But he, he really likes to get rid of the ball quickly. He's a, he's a rhythm quarterback. I think the Chargers are looking for that now after having Phillip Rivers. I think he fits really well with what they do. I think it would fit well down there with the L.A. mentality, too. Uh, so I, I, I like it. I think the Chargers are his best fit. Um, so I, I'm assuming that, that you kind of agree with that from your reaction. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see Tua in a in a Chargers uniform. And I, I've talked about this before, and I don't know how much we should really get into it, but like the Polynesian connection with Junior Seau's the greatest Charger, in my opinion, that's ever played for the franchise. And Oladanian Tomlinson is obviously in that conversation as well. Um along with some of the old the older feller fellers, um, Kellen Winslow's and stuff like that. So um but but I, I would love to see Tua here. I think he he would thrive in LA in that 
um, you know, he's he's a he's an electric guy. You know, he's a guy that's he's he's kind of he's, he's kind of soft spoken, but he's also just he has that superstar thing about him and i think that that would go over very well for a franchise that really needs an injection of <laughs> excitement and um glam per se uh to to be successful in that city there you know the rams obviously are are in that city as well and i think they're you know you, you see obviously a lot more fans at at rams games than you do at chargers games and some of that is stadium stuff but I think you're probably going to see the despair, the the disparity there too, um, you know, as they open SoFi Stadium and whatnot. But I would love to see Tua go to the Chargers. I think it's a perfect fit. Uh, like you said, kind of the weapons too there. Um, I, I think would would make that offense pretty exciting. You know, you inject Tua into that offense by midseason or or towards the end of the season, if they're not doing so well, give them a chance to, to get in there and get a few reps. Um, you know, and I, and I think there will be an excitement heading in then to the 2021 season where, Hey, we got something here and we got something to build on. So yeah, I would love to see that one as well. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think you highlighted a bunch of points that I, I forgot to really even mention uh, as far as Tua being a, a charger. I think uh, I think those are all valid points to to really drive that home. So, all right, you you, you cut right to the core. I'm going to give you a guy that I have had a really hard time uh, projecting. And when I watch film, I had a hard time kind of figuring out where I was on him. So I'm going to give him to you. Maybe you have a, a better gauge on, on this player and where you think he should go. So, Jordan Love is the guy that I'm going to give you, and Jordan Love, obviously, out of Utah State, he's a small college guy, small school guy. Um, he's a guy who a lot of people see with a, an immense ceiling, uh, but he did throw a lot of interceptions uh, last year, and, you know, uh, that's that's really where the concern comes, comes in is does he take too many risks? Uh, is he uh, going to project as a guy who can, you know, protect the ball more in, in the uh, – the NFL level with superior talent surrounding him. So um, Jordan Love was a tough one for me, Brian. I'm going to give him to you. I'm going to pawn him off on you. You tell me, where is Jordan Love's best fit and why? Yeah, so this one's interesting too. Um, you know, we, we back prior to free agency, right, We I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, could four quarterbacks go in the top 13 picks with, you know, Indy sitting there at 13, they move out of that slot. And obviously San Francisco is not drafting a quarterback. I don't believe, um, with, with that pick. Uh, so it, for me, it, for me, Jordan love to the new England Patriots is perfect. It's a perfect scenario for him. Um, I don't know if it's perfect for fantasy purposes, <laughs> Uh, but it's I, I think it would be perfect for him. You talked about the turnovers and the, and the lack of care with the ball. You're you go into New England into a Bill Belichick system. You're not turning the ball over. You're not playing. So, you know, I, I think as as making that an emphasis, um, you know, going there, learning from one of the greatest coaches that's ever played. Now, obviously, Bill Bill Belichick is more of a defensive coach, but his fingerprint is on that whole organization. Um you know, Josh McDaniels is there. I mean, they're they're they've got everything in place for a young quarterback to come in and succeed, whether that's from day one or whether that's, you know, competing for the job, maybe sitting, but getting an opportunity if some, you know, if if Stidham, uh, Jared Stidham, uh, excuse me, I'm stuttering all over the place. Um, if he 
stumbles, <laughs> it took me a minute, um, you know, then then maybe Jordan Love gets an opportunity to play right away. But I, I, I think New England definitely drafts a quarterback in this draft. Um, and it would not surprise me if they take him, um, you know, even even in the first round. Uh, so that's my ideal landing spot for Jordan Love. We'll see what happens with that one. I'm kind of like you. I'm not I'm not as confident in that in in Jordan Love and where he's going to project in the National Football League. I mean, if we're talking arm talent and, you know, I mean, he's a big dude. He's 6'4", 225. He's a big kid. He can chuck it, man. I mean, he chucked it at the combine uh, and really impressed there. So, you know, but I, I, I just don't know. Watching film, like you said, it's kind of there's some inconsistencies. He turns the ball over some, especially this past year. Um, so I'm I'm not as confident in that one, but I think it would be a good fit because I think Belichick and and McDaniel's and those guys could help with some of the turnovers um, and mold him into kind of the. <laughs> you're gonna crush me for this game managing quarterback that Tom Brady was early in his career. <laughs> no, I'm not going to crush you for that because I think you nailed it. I think you knocked this out of the park. That makes so much sense. Again, you know, you, you have Stidham and you have, you, you know, they just signed Hoyer to a one-year deal. So it sounds like, you know, they, they've they got a couple guys that could start right away, which is great for Jordan Love. He can sit, he can learn from Belichick, from, from this, you know, this system. And once he's comfortable, you know, they can turn the reins over to a guy who has a high ceiling, who can make plays, and hopefully they'll they'll be able to work through some of his, his issues as far as forcing the ball, as far as, you know, um, not going through his reads and things like that. You know, they can work with him on that. They have time, and I, I trust New England to develop this guy. So I think that's the main thing is that you nailed it. I think this is a great spot for him, and uh, I, I, I really – kind of hope it happens now i don't know if it will or, or if it can really because i'm not sure how high love goes but that is that's a really good spot an excellent explanation on why uh, i i yeah i have no issues with with uh with any of that so so well done again well thanks man i appreciate it um we'll go ahead and move on to the next one here i'm going to ask you about so we talked about tua being one of the top quarterbacks in the draft let's talk about the other guy at the top of the draft board for quarterbacks joe burrow um where do we feel like is a good fit for him man i i love both these these top top guys in this class and joe burrow is at the top for me uh fantastic year he just had uh, he really showcased what he can do um he's he, he's just a phenomenal quarterback and i think he really is going to benefit going number one overall i think cincinnati is a fantastic landing spot for him look joe burrow's back home right i mean he's a local kid there he's from ohio him going back home i think is is a good thing you know go back home um the expectations are going to be high but the talent is there i mean cincinnati basically is going to get a first round offensive lineman that they didn't have because last year they drafted a first round offensive lineman and he got hurt um so they're so they're gonna gain a lineman just basically by default um and so the line you know in turn should be better uh, already um you also have i mean they've made some very nice acquisitions on the defensive side of the ball too in free agency uh, aj green coming back and fully healthy with with tyler boyd um i think i think this is that's a a great thing. I mean, those are two very nice receivers. You have John Ross and Auden Tate really showed out last year, too. I think I, the cupboard's not bare there for Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, you have Joe Mixon you can rely on, too. So, 
I really like that. I don't think there is, uh, is is a better spot for Joe Burrow than going number one to Cincinnati. I think that is his landing spot. That's his ideal spot. Um, and and I think it's going to happen. <laughs> that's that's the main thing. It's I think it's going to happen. Um, the odds are better of it happening than it not happening at this point. So uh, Joe Burrow to me to the Bengals, man. It it not only is it I know it's a boring answer, but it, it just makes the most sense for me. Uh, what do you think? Is that is that too boring? Am I going too chalk here, Brian? So here's the thing. I I I will imagine that at some point in this evening we're going to argue over a, a landing spot but it's not going to be on this one <laughs> yet so uh, i mean i agree i agree with everything that you said i think burrow to the Bengals. i think it's the obvious pick for them um and i think that this Bengals offense has a real opportunity from a fantasy perspective to be an offense that dramatically improves and produces stars across the field um especially when you look at where these guys are being drafted i mean joe mixon is really the only guy that we've talked about that is being drafted with, you know, a, a really high draft capital in, in, in startup drafts. So these other guys, I think at the end of the year, we might look back and say, dang, I wish I would have taken AJ green a little bit higher. I wish I'd have taken Tyler Boyd a little bit higher. You know, some of those other receivers, you know, you, you talked about John Ross out on Tate. I mean, they, they are, this offense can dramatically improve this year. I hate to see it, and you probably do too, as a as an or as an AFC North fan. Um, you know all these young quarterbacks, and then of course there's 280 pound Ben Roethlisberger for my Steelers. But um, but yeah, I mean it it's it's becoming a a division of young, exciting quarterbacks. Um, you know, again with the exception of the Steelers, but. Um, I, I love Burrow to the Bengals, and I'm excited to watch him. I, I think it's I think it's a good fit. I like the kid. I like his moxie, um, and, and I think he's going to succeed there. So I love it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we're we will disagree, people. It will happen. Trust me. It's just it hasn't yet. This this might be where it does though, because this is the last quarterback that I have listed as a guy who I really wanted to talk about. He's been gaining steam. He's been gaining momentum. A lot of people are talking about him on Twitter. Um, this is a guy who could be a difference maker. He could be a game changer. He could be a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. Not that he is Lamar Jackson, but he could be in the right situation. I think a lot of people see it because he has some rushing upside. That is Jalen Hurts. So I, this one to me is the toughest. You, I mean, you really got to sell me on one aspect, and I'm not going to go into what aspect it is, but there's going to be one aspect that I think is, is crucial when it comes to Jalen Hurts and his landing spot. So, Brian, here it is. You get the toughest one, in my opinion, of the bunch. Jalen Hurts, you get to kind of decide where he's going to go, where he fits best. So, Jalen Hurts, where does he fit best for you, Brian? So, so, it depends, and, and here's why it depends. Real football standpoint or fantasy football standpoint? Because from a real football standpoint, I wouldn't hate my Steelers drafting him. Now, here's the problem, though. They have one pick in the top 100 picks, and it's unlikely if they don't take him with 49th pick, I believe they are. 49, 54, somewhere now. I don't know. Um, if they don't take him there, they're not going to get him because he's going to go. He, he's going to be a top two to three round pick, and that's their only pick around that they could get him. Um, 
Fantasy-wise, I'd like to see him go... I mean, I... I don't know. It's it's tough. I kind of I kind of like the idea of him going to Indy. Um, and and I don't think it's very realistic. I mean, they just shelled out the money for Philip Rivers, but it's a one year deal. So beyond that, who's their guy? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Mm, I don't know. Um, but I think. I think he would be good there. And I think there are some pieces, you know, Paris Campbell that everybody continues to forget about because he got hurt last year. Um, I think he has a breakout year this year um, with, with Phillip rivers. And then obviously if he establishes himself in that role, Jalen hurts comes in there, he's able to use his legs. Um, Campbell's a burner, you know, he, he can, he can create, he can burn pie guys, um, they have running game established with Marlon Mack. It's shaky <laughs> at times, um, but they've got a, an unbelievable offensive lineman in Quinn Nelson. So, I mean, there, there's, there are pieces there too, and I'd like to see him work with Frank Wright. I think that would be a good fit. I think they could build an offense around him. Um, I think Wright has that type type of mind. Um, so uh, it's 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 interesting. I mean, again, selfishly, Steelers need a quarterback because <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger is gone. I mean, he's he's there and he's going to be there this year and probably next, and then it's over. Like they're not, they're really not bright if they sign him beyond that. I don't believe. Um, so you know they and and obviously we I mean we've seen they don't have the next quarterback in the room right now. I mean, neither one of those guys is an NFL starter. I don't care. I mean, Rudolph was like a maybe a decent backup before he got his head taken off. Um, almost literally, you know, but <laughs> yeah. but I, I just I don't they don't have the the heir apparent on the roster. They don't even have an NFL caliber backup right now to to come in and play games if Ben Roethlisberger isn't healthy. So. I would selfishly like to see Jalen Hurts maybe get picked up by the Steelers. At the same time, they have other needs that they can use that second rounder on. So I'm going to go with the Colts here and say who knows. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, I'm going to agree and disagree with you here because I'm going to disagree with the Colts take. I, I don't know that I love the idea of him in the on the Colts. And, and the reason being is because I don't think the Colts are all that far away from being a, a pretty decent team. Uh, I think anybody who takes Jalen Hurts is going to have to realize that when he takes over as a starter, yeah, you got to build your offense around this guy. You got to utilize his skill set, and uh, you you know you got to do what Baltimore did, you know, with Lamar Jackson. You can't just throw this guy in and say, "Hey, we're going to run this traditional offense, but we'll try to do a few things that you like." You know, that's that to me. That's what Matt Nagy did with Mitchell Trubisky. You know, and it just doesn't work. So for Jalen Hurts, I think the Steelers is actually a pretty good fit. Look, he has he's got to sit until Big Ben's you know ready to, ready to 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 you know kind of retire here, or if he's ineffective or gets hurt. But 
when that time comes, I think the Steelers are a team that, hey, look, our defense is good enough. We can revamp our offense around Jalen Hurts, around this rushing attack. We can run the ball a bunch. We're still going to be in games. We're still going to be good enough to be competitive, and we can let Jalen Hurts grow. We can we can use him in that role, and and I think the Steelers would be a, a really good team for that. I think that, that fit makes sense to me uh, just because if you're not going to rebuild your team around that guy, it's just not going to work, I don't think. I think you know you need – a, a team and a coaching staff that's willing to understand, hey, we got to build our system around this guy. That's that's how we're going to be successful here. Yeah, so the, the only other thing I would say about it is I, I, I'm slightly concerned about... So, again, as a fan, right, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about... So, Jalen Hurts isn't as elusive a, of a runner as Lamar Jackson is. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a is I mean he's literally like a joystick like you can't touch it they can't, he doesn't take hits because he lit, he he literally gets out of it every single time he steps out of bounds or he slides or he, well, he doesn't really slide but he kind of like shuffles and dives forward or something um but they I mean defenses can't even touch him Hertz is a very very good runner he's a mobile quarterback um but I don't know if he's elusive in the same ways that Lamar Jackson is, which leads me to a lot of nervousness and, and anxiety about, okay, if you're going to spend that second round pick on him and then when he takes over the team now, I mean, and, and look, it, it would be a couple of years. So they would have time to bring in another quarterback, maybe as a backup or something like that. So, I mean, that, that is a possibility. I just worry about injuries um, quite a bit. I mean, I worry about injuries with Ben, the way he's played, you know, so that's just a personal thing for me, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you make some good points. I mean, I think, I think, I don't think the Steelers would be afraid to change the offense for him. I don't think they were very happy with a lot of the offensive stuff last year, regardless. So, um, you know, to, to make some drastic changes in that regard, especially once Roethlisberger leaves, you know, I could see that happening. Yeah, and, and let's be clear, Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying he can't throw. He can throw. I mean, the guy has a, you know, in his career, he had like a 65% completion percentage or something uh, in his career. So, I mean, he can throw the ball. It's just when what we saw from him at, at Oklahoma, I mean, the dude ran for, I think it was just over, just under like 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. Like, the guy can run, but he also passed for 32 touchdowns. And I think he had like, 37 or 3,800 passing yards. I mean, the, the guy can do... Yeah, I mean, he really showed what he could do. Obviously, that was against Big 12 defenses for the most part. So, I mean, you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt. And, and we saw kind of what he did in the big games. It wasn't as impressive as you would have liked. However, I, I still think there is upside here for him. And, you know, you don't have to... I guess saying what what you did for Lamar Jackson, I, I don't know that they would have to do that. They can work with him for a year or two, uh, you know, with, with Ben still kind of being there. And then when they do kind of turn it over to him, I think they have to – I really still think they have to adjust. They have to say, hey, look, we're going to play to your strengths and we're going to do this. But um, I do think that, you know, he can be more of a, of a passing quarterback with that that rushing option, you know. I mean, this is a guy who – he can run the option. You're going to be okay doing that in some games when you have to utilize, you know, hey, this rushing defense isn't great. But if they're playing a good rushing defense, I think he, he could be more than capable of sitting in the pocket and throwing the ball or, or, or moving, you know, throwing the ball on the run, that sort of thing. So, um, 
you know, that being said, I, I do think that he does have some upside, you know, throwing the ball as well. So uh, just wanted to get that in there, uh, Brian, before we moved on to running backs. I love this running back class so much, Brian. Um, it, it's I'm just looking at the names now, and uh, and I'm I, I'm excited because you have to pick a name for me, and I don't care which one you pick. I want to talk about these running backs. So, um, so tell me, who am I finding at the running back position? Who am I finding a home for? So I'm a nice guy, right? So yeah, yeah, you are. You're so a I, nice guy. Thanks, I appreciate you saying that. Um, First yours. I, <laughs> Well, to to save you the pain it would cause to hear who I think Jonathan Taylor's best fit is, I'll go ahead and oh, let yeah. you I'll go ahead and let you tell me who you think Jonathan Taylor fits best with in the National Football League. Yeah, I uh, I, I will I I'm I'm gonna take that uh, graciously. Thank you. I'm I'm actually gonna thank you. You're welcome. Um, and and tell you that I. I Jonathan Taylor definitely has a, uh, a, a, you know, his profile, he's going to fit better in some teams than in others. So to me, where where I think he fits really well is the Buffalo Bills. And look, I know Devin Singletary is there and I know, but I mean, rumor had it that they were in on Melvin Gordon, right? So I think Jonathan Taylor is the kind of guy who he, I, I mean, that offense, they've added some receiving, you know, with Stephon Diggs, who I, you and I are both higher on the most. Um, so I, I like that move for them. John Brown's very good. But Josh Allen, still, there's still some question marks there. And I think that if you can, with that defense, rely on the running game for the most part, I, I, I think, you know, you can use play action. You can utilize some different things to really help Josh Allen out. Jonathan Taylor is going to be the kind of back that you want to, to, to utilize when you're playing New England twice in that defense, when you're playing the Jets twice. And, and the I mean, th- this, this is a guy who can do the things that Devin Singletary, and, and you can highlight Devin Singletary with the things that he can do really well. I mean, you can get him the ball in space. Um, he's really good at making plays. I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is that bell cow back that in Buffalo um, really could pay dividends because Buffalo, again, is a team that can run the ball. Um, with that weather up there, they can really control the ball uh, with the running game, um, work off a of play action. I think this could be the player that puts Buffalo over the top gets them to win that division. Finally, somebody outside of New England wins the division. Jonathan Taylor helps propel the Bills to uh, to win the AFC uh, East. And, uh, and yeah, that would be kind of a cool story. So I think, I think that would be a nice fit for Jonathan Taylor. I really do. Yeah, you know, I, I don't hate that one um, either. I, I think the Bills would be a good fit. It's it's It would be disappointing in fantasy circles, I believe, because, I mean, I think there's a lot of hype on the Devin uh, Singletary train. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and he looked good in, in, in during his work last year. I mean, he played well, uh, you know, when midway through the season when he kind of took over that job. Uh, and got the bulk of the carries in that backfield. You know, he he produced and he produced out of the backfield as a receiver as well, which is something that I don't know that a ton of people expected. Um, he's small. That's that's the biggest thing about him is he's so small. He's like five seven and barely two hundred pounds. I guess the the weight's not that bad, but the, a little guy, you know. So, um, but but he produced. So, um, I, I don't know if Buffalo needs Jonathan Taylor I think it would be a luxury to draft him and have him absolutely um I don't know whether the bills will go that direction or not um they could go ahead 
No, no, I, I, not, I'm sorry. I, I actually was just going to say, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think the Bills would. The, my only problem is when you look at that Buffalo team, I don't know what they need. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, um, I mean, the defense is is pretty solid. Um, you know, the receiving core has been shored up with Stefan with the Diggs trade. I mean, with John Brown and Cole Beasley running around there. So, I mean, that receiving core is a lot better. Um, Josh Allen needs to continue to improve, <laughs> but but you're not improving yeah. that position by drafting somebody. I mean, you have that guy who who is your who is your guy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, maybe they can afford it. Maybe they're the type of team right now that they say, you know what, we really like our team. We don't have a lot of holes. So you know, what position would make the most impact? And maybe it ends up being a guy like Jonathan Taylor at the running back position. I don't know. It, it, it could it could happen. Um, you know, I, it, the, the more I think about it, the more I think it's a possibility, whereas I wouldn't have seen that <laughs> two minutes ago. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind that one at all. Yeah, and I, I do want to chime in. I think you're right. Uh, I'm I'm really high on Devin Singletary. I know a lot of people are, and I I, I like Devin Singletary a lot, and I I have him in a, in a lot of spots uh, in fantasy. So, obviously, I'm kind of kind of rooting that uh, that even if this does happen, you know, Singletary maintains some fantasy value, and I think he would. Uh, I I just feel like sometimes some of these teams, and and really, you know, when you look at the landing spots that are available, um, some of these teams are going to have a couple of options, you know, when they draft a guy. Uh, So I I think Buffalo might be one of those teams that already has a guy that they're okay with, but they can upgrade that position maybe. Um, And and it's not, again, nothing against Singletary. It's just you bring another talented back into the room, and I think that 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 helps the, the position as a whole. And when, you know, I love Frank Gore to death man the guy you know the guy's gonna be playing when I'm gone but uh but you know eventually you gotta look at at you know a, another option there I would think so um so yeah I I love I can talk Jonathan Taylor all night uh Brian as you know but I tell you what I am going to and and, and here's the thing I could I could go so many ways here because we've got a few other running backs to talk about I could go and 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 give you uh you know a, a guy who you know, might be a little hard to place because of his skill set. I could give you a guy who, you know, is an Ohio State guy. Um, I could give you a guy like that. But the guy I'm going to give you is a guy that a lot of people are very high on. He's a very intriguing name in a lot of circles, and I think he fits a lot of places. So I want to see where you think he fits best. And that's Cam Akers out of Florida State. Cam Akers uh, is a guy who a lot of people are very high on. He ran behind a terrible offensive line at Florida State. We know that's been stated over and over and over again. But what can he do with a good offensive line? That's what we want to know. Um, Or what can he do with a decent offensive line? What can he do in the NFL? And where's his best fit? So Cam Akers, where do you think you, uh, you see his dream spot being, Brian? Uh, I'd love to see him in Baltimore. Okay. I'd hate. I'd hate it. I'd hate it, but I'd love it. I I just think, um, a a guy with his vision. He has pretty good vision. That's the one thing about him. I think that that really stands out. Um, is you know, and and he's a three down guy, right? So he he never has to come off the field. Um, he he's elusive, but he kind of. He doesn't. I, I don't know about his burst right off the bat. So what better way? 
to open up a hole and give him a little more space and have Lamar Jackson faking or or handing him the ball and all the attention on Lamar Jackson um, to give him that extra that extra split second to be able to accelerate through a hole. I I I love I, I honestly love this the idea of this of Cam Akers going to um, going to Baltimore. Um, I, I think it's highly unlikely they do that. I mean, they have Justice Hill there. They have Mark Ingram, of course. Um, you know, so I, I I don't know that the Ravens do something like that. But for me, I think that would be a perfect fit. Um, that offensive line is is pretty good. Um, and and just you know, I, I just think it's a good fit. I, I think it's a good fit with the attention that would be on Jackson. Uh, I think it would open holes for for Acres. And, uh, you know, I think in the NFL, what you're going to see is he's one of these guys that, you know, his, his receiving stats in college weren't like overly impressive. I mean, 30 catches his his junior year here was I mean, that's 30 catches in college is a pretty big number um, for a running back. So but I, I think I think he's a 55, 60 catch guy in the National Football League if he's a, a uh, if he's not in too big of a. Um, a committee. So um, I would like to see him in Baltimore. That that would be the place where I, I think Cam Akers would really excel. Yeah, it bums me out to say that I, I agree with you just because obviously, you know, Baltimore getting better to me isn't, isn't a good thing. But uh, I, I, man, here's the thing. I, you, you know, you highlighted how, you know, they have Ingram, they have Justice Hill, but you know, man, Ingram's not getting any younger, you know, and they, they are losing Gus Edwards in free agency. So, I mean, there there might be an opportunity where Baltimore says, hey, look, we're predicated on this running game. It, it's a big part of what we do. You know, we want to make sure that we have a back healthy at all times that can, you know, that can accommodate what we need. So, um, you know, that they, they might look at it that way and really um, decide to, to take a guy like Cam Akers. So I, I, I don't mind the spot. I think you nailed that, the reasoning by it. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I think the, I, th- I think you did well here as much as I hate to admit it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, I just hate to admit, you know, Baltimore <laughs> getting better is what I was saying. All right. That, I don't like that part of it. Yeah, exactly. No, same. I'm we're in the same boat on that one. So um, so the guy I'm going to give you, this is another guy that is an intriguing prospect. And I think landing spot is going to be big for him. Um, and that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So we saw what he did at LSU this year, um, playing in that offense with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, and having a lot of success over 1,400 rushing yards uh, as a junior. I uh, caught 55 passes, which is insane. Um, so, but but I'm interested to see where you think would be a good fit for Edwards Flair. Yeah, so I'm going to say some stuff here that a lot of people are going to disagree with. <laughs> which what's new, right? I mean, that's, I, I've kind of, I'm kind of known for that. So I'm, I'm going to say some things that a lot of people aren't going to agree with. And I, I expect, I, I don't know where you stand on it, Brian, but I expect to get a little bit of, of guff. And so I'm going to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire fits perfectly in Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, I, I think this is the spot for him. And here's why Ronald Jones isn't bad. He's okay. He's, he's a good back. He's getting better too. And I think he he can carry the workload as far as rushing the ball. However, I will admit that Ronald Jones is not a receiving back. Okay, um, that they try throwing him the ball a few times, and it just it, it doesn't work. With Tom Brady having a good receiving back when you need one in that hurry up offense, and you know when you're behind, what whenever um, is going to be important. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is awesome at at 
catching the ball. He's great at getting the ball in space and making a play with it. Um, he, he's, I mean, I think he would excel in that role. That's what Tampa Bay needs. I, I know that a lot of people think Tampa Bay needs a new starting running back. I don't think they do. I think they need a passing down running back with Ronald Jones being that guy who can run the ball, you know, 12 to 15 times. 18, 20 times if they're in the lead, and that's the game plan. But I, I really do. I think Ronald Jones is good enough to do that. But but Edwards Hilaire could be a fantastic complement back, a back where, you know, if you're down and you're trailing for most of the game, this guy's going to have 8 to 10, you know, receptions, a James White type of guy. Um, you know, I think he's even more talented than James White uh, once he gets the ball in his hands. So uh, I, I think Edwards Hilaire fits exactly what Tampa Bay needs right now with Tom Brady there. And I I, I think that's the fit. That's I'm, I'm pretty confident that that would be where Edwards Hilaire would shine brightest. So here's here's my take on that. So you're right. I'm going to disagree with a couple of things. Um, first of all, I disagree that Ronald Jones is a good running back. Um, I do agree. I do agree that he's getting better. But here's the thing. If Edwards Hilaire goes there, Ronald Jones doesn't have a job by midseason. So I, he, he, he'll spell. <laughs> he'll spell. But that job will be Edwards Hilaire's job. I mean, everything that you said about being a receiver in a Tom Brady offense um, or and a Bruce Arians offense. I mean, that's the other thing we've seen receiving backs excel in his offenses. So I think that combination, um, is, I mean, that's dynamite. Like if that happens, I would be very, very excited about Edward Hilaire in Tampa. Um, and, and I, I think you made a lot of great points towards them drafting a guy like that. Um, so I, I personally love the fit with Edwards Hilaire in Tampa. I think that's, fantastic i just don't agree that ronald jones will have relevance beyond that unless there's an injury because i think edward solaire is a far superior talent um and i think he would show that very quickly yeah i i get it i i think most people agree with you uh i do i i just think that i mean last season we saw i mean uh ronald jones it, it, Dude had 4.2 yards to carry he just didn't get the the you know a huge workload um you know, but he did have 700, over 700 rushing yards and six touchdowns. And even receiving in the receiving game, I mean, he had 31 receptions on 40 targets. So he did catch the ball. He just, 309 yards, he averaged 10 yards a catch. I mean, he just didn't do a whole lot with it, um, with that receiving yard. But, I mean, the guy had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage last year. And David Montgomery did that last year. And we all thought, you know, a lot of people are a lot higher on him. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as high in the Chicago offense as I am Tampa Bay. So, uh, to me, me, I, I'm, I'm always, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be one of those guys that's alone on Ronald Jones uh, as of right now. So I figured that that's where you were going to go, and the masses are probably applauding you while they are uh, are, are telling me, uh, you know, where, where to where to go. Um, so I, I have two running backs left on this list, and I want you to tell me where DeAndre Swift is going to land. What's his dream spot, actually? I'll tell me where he's going to go. Tell me where he would be the best spot for DeAndre Swift. Obviously, the back out of Georgia, um, seen as by many as the most complete back in this draft. Guy who can catch the ball, a guy who can run the ball, guy who does a little bit of everything, good at picking up the blitz, uh, that sort of thing. What fit? What's the dream fit for DeAndre Swift? The dream fit for DeAndre Swift is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't even know if I have to say a whole lot more than that. Um, I, I mean, this guy 
in the Kansas City backfield playing for Andy Reid, playing with Patrick Mahomes in that offense would be just absolutely electric. I mean, I, I, I can't even if, if he were to land and, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily realistic. I think he will probably go somewhere in the mid to late first round. Um, So he probably won't make. I mean, Kansas City's at the end of the round, so he, I'm I'm thinking he's not likely to make it there. But if he fell, if he fell, and they took him at 32, um, I, I mean, you want to talk about hype too? I mean, this this kid is just special. He's electric. Um, he can do it all. Like you said, I mean, he's he's a he's a broad kid. He's five nine, like 218 pounds. Um, you know, just he has the speed, he has the acceleration, he has the agility, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, he can do it all. And if he lands in Kansas City, it's going to be pandemonium trying to get your hands on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's be honest. All, all these backs could, I mean, go to Kansas City and and they would probably be like, oh man, you know, they, they, they jump up to like close to the top, if not the top of the running back list, right? Because I mean, Kansas City, that offense, we it's so prolific. And if if any of these backs who are as talented as they are in this class, you know, go to Kansas City, you get, you, I mean, they move up boards, right? So, um, and DeAndre Swift is the creme de la creme. I mean, he is the guy who can do everything. The Chiefs throw to their backs. He could, you know, he's he's excellent out of the backfield catching the ball. He's good at picking up the blitz. He's good at, you know, running the ball in between the tackles. He's good at, you know, he'd be fine in the goal line. Like, yeah, it, it makes so much sense for you to say that that uh, that that's his fit. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think any of these backs going to Kansas City is is a bad thing. So, and this one um, is probably the the slam dunk. This is the 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 grand slam. All of them would have been home runs. I think DeAndre Swift to the Chiefs is a grand slam. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, I think we got one more guy, Brian. If you want to introduce him and uh, kind of give us a little bit on this player, um, so I can have some time to think where I want him to go. Yeah, no problem. So our last running back that we're going to do tonight is J.K. Dobbins, uh, the junior out of Ohio State. Um, tremendously productive player in college. Um, that that offense in in Ohio State in Columbus really. Uh, really produces these running backs. I'll tell you, um, I'm excited about JK Dobbins. I got to be honest with you. Dobbins might be my favorite running back in this class. Not the one I would draft first, but my favorite. Um, I, I just love, I love this kid. I love the way he runs. Um, I, I think that that semifinal game against Clemson is a different ball game. If he doesn't go out with the ankle injury, I know he came back in and was still productive, but he wasn't the same early in that game. If you watch it back early in that game, he was dominant. And I think if he's healthy in that whole game, it may be Ohio state who plays LSU in that title game. So um, having said all of that and sharing my feelings on JK Dobbins, James, Hopefully, I bought you enough time there. Where do you see J.K. Dobbins landing? Uh, where, where do you think the best fit is for him? Yeah, you you did. You did very well there. And and I agree with you. I, I like Dobbins a lot. I do. I think he does everything well. I think he's... He, He's almost DeAndre Swift light to me. Like, he, there's a lot of things that he does really well. Uh, um, and so... 
you know, when I I kind of look at the, the the teams that I think need running backs and a team that I think he could excel on both in playing time and um, really really you know do well with, I think. I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. I really feel like after they moved Gurley, uh, I, I'm not as sold on Daryl Henderson as, as, as others are. Um, I think if J.K. Dobbins were to go there, he, he would immediately be the starter there. And I think, again, this is a guy who could do a little bit of everything. He's got good vision. Um, he would fit into that offense really well because, you know, he doesn't need to have the ball to, you know, to produce. I mean, the guy can can pick up the blitz. I think he's a solid guy who you can count on week in and week out. I think that's what the Rams need in that running game is a guy like that. Um, I, I, I really think Dobbins would fit in well. I think McVay would find very fun, innovative ways to use a talent like him and uh and I, I i really think that the rams would be a nice fit for dobbins the the, the main thing for me is that the Rams have to figure out what they're going to be on offense, and they have to fix their offensive line. Their line was terrible this last year. If you look at pressures, I mean, their their line really, really did Jared Goff no favors, and I think that's why Goff didn't do very well. Um, if they fix that offensive line and they can get some honest, you know, production, consistent production out of the running game, which, man, last year, Todd Gurley really played well towards the, the the latter half of the year, but but early he was he struggled, and and I think, you know that that was twofold. I think the offensive line, and I think you know he wasn't getting the run, he wasn't getting the usage, um, because they were worried about you know his health. So, um, I I think Dobbins can help all that uh, if they fix that offensive line. I think this offense can go back to being as dominant as it was a couple years ago. That's how important I think this pick would be for the Rams. So Dobbins to me makes sense for both sides, for the Rams and for Dobbins. Very nice. Yeah, I, I that's an interesting one for me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think the Rams are going to see what they have in Daryl Henderson. I, I really do. I think that's the guy that they're going to that, that's going to get the next opportunity in that offense. Um, now, whether or not you're sold on him, I could definitely see this argument. And I think it would be smart. Uh, to to bring in a player like Dobbins, whether it's him or whether it's another guy like him, uh, to come in and compete for touches in that backfield. For me, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna share my favorite for J.K. Dobbins too because it's a personal one for me. For me, this is the this is the Steelers' second round draft pick. If J.K. Dobbins is on the board when the Steelers pick make their first pick of the NFL draft in a in a few weeks here. J.K. Dobbins is the pick. Jonathan Taylor isn't going to be there. We talked earlier about, um, you know, you you were saying Buffalo and I threw you a bone because I let you talk about Jonathan Taylor. And I didn't talk about him at all or his fit with the Steelers because I think he would be a fit there too. He's not going to get to them is the bottom line. J.K. Dobbins might. And if he does, to me, that's a no-brainer. I haven't felt like this about a guy, a running back, playing for my team my favorite team since Eddie Lacy. Now I was wrong about that one. So hopefully I'm not wrong about Dobbins. Um, and, and the Steelers in that draft ended up with Le'Veon Bell, who ended up having obviously a better, a better career than Eddie Lacy has. But um, I love JK Dobbins. He's he, to me is a Pittsburgh Steelers style football player. He's not juking to make people miss. He's running them over. He, he He's not, he's a straight line guy. He he, you know he he's not trying to make people miss. He's he's lowering a shoulder. He might bounce off you, you know. Uh, I mean, he's not trying to run you over necessarily. He's trying to use his his momentum and his leveraging because he's a tank. Uh, 
5'9", I think, was his weight at the Combine. Um, it just I, I just love Dobbins. He's, I, I love watching him. I love his style of football. To me, that's Pittsburgh Steelers, AFC North, if you want to go that route. Football. Um, and, and I would love to see him in Pittsburgh. To me, that's his perfect fit. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I like Dobbins an awful lot, too, and I don't like the Steelers. So I dismiss it out of hand. <laughs> and say that it's it's not going to happen. Um, uh, my answer is better. Go Rams. Um, all right. So, <laughs> Brian, with that being said, listen, we uh, we, we don't have a ton of time, but we got a ton of receivers we got to talk about. So let's do something. Let's let's do kind of a rapid fire type thing. Yep. We're going to shorten our answers. We're going to go quick. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you the first receiver. You tell me what team. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, a guy who most people, well, a lot of people have as, you know, one of their top two uh, wide receivers in this class, a guy who I'm very high on. He's my wide receiver one. I want to know where you think his best fit is. Oh. Well. <laughs> it's a tough it was, one, yeah. It was going <laughs> to be Arizona uh, and, until they went out and traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I... Oh man, James, you know, you, you kind of stumped me on this one. Cause I don't, I, I don't really know where I like him the most. I mean, I would like, I, I would like of the teams that we have listed here. I think I'd say the Texans, um, they, they have no shot at him. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not going there. We know well, we, that. we've seen Bill O'Brien and some of the trades he's made. So you never know. He might, <laughs> he might trade Deshaun Watson to move up 10 picks. You know, I mean, we, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no way uh, he doesn't have enough capital to get up there. So, um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing lamb in, in Las Vegas. I, I don't, I don't think that I, I think they need, um, they need that type of player. Um, I, I, I don't really like it for him fantasy wise. I think he would make a bigger impact on that team. I, I mean, I think that would be a good draft selection for the Raiders. I don't love it at all for fantasy. I think it sucks for fantasy because, I mean, he's either going to have Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota throwing him the football, uh, most likely. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I mean, fantasy-wise, I don't think it's a very good fit, but I do think that would be a smart pick by the Raiders organization. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I could see him. I mean, Arizona was a perfect fit because it was it was Kyler Murray. It was the Kyler Murray CD Lamb show. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what if he went? Yeah. What if he? What if the Browns got him? Traded OBJ and got CD Lamb. Yeah, I, I really like CD Lamb a lot. I I don't want the Browns to move on from OBJ personally. I think a lot of Browns fans would take that and be be very happy to have CD Lamb. I. I I like C.D. Lamb. Again, I wouldn't be disappointed to have him, but I, I don't want OBJ going. Um, I, I still have high hopes for him. I still see the talent there, and I think he's happy now that there's a new coaching staff. I mean, everything I hear is that uh, now that the coaching staff has been replaced, um, he's he's good to go, and, and that's, that's kind of what I expected. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have OBJ on the team, and I, I, I really want to keep him. But um, I, for, honestly, I, I think the Raiders – I don't think it's a bad selection at all. I mean, I, I think the Raiders are going to be behind a lot, especially in that division. I mean, you're playing the Chiefs twice, the Broncos, who I think have gotten tremendously better twice, 
and uh, the the Chargers twice, which depending on what quarterback they end up with, could you know you could be behind an awful lot in those games. Right. Um, I expect the Raiders to be playing from behind a lot, which means a lot of pass attempts, and I think C D Y M is going to be the beneficiary of that. So um, while he may not you know have the the gaudy touchdown numbers or you know a, a ton of yards, I think the reception total is going to be very high for him his first year. He should have a lot of opportunities if he goes there. So um, I don't hate that lining spot at all, Brian, for fantasy. I think I think that would be a pretty decent spot actually. All right. Well there you go. See I wasn't so wrong after all. So I no, see I, no, see, I, I like, like when I'm I like when I'm corrected to be right about something. So <laughs> you can you can do that anytime, James. Well just don't mention the Steelers then. Uh, all right. <laughs> so go, go ahead, Brian. Give give me a name. Yeah, so the guy I'm going to have you talk about is Jalen Rager because I cannot figure out for the life of me what to do with this kid. I know he's he's up near the top of some boards uh, for, as far as the receivers go in this class, and I know other guys who aren't touching him with a 10-foot pole. So I want to hear what you have to say about Jalen Rager. Oh, I love you. I love you for for telling for giving me this player. I, I'm Jalen Rager. I'm very high on. He's he's my wide receiver three in this class. I think he's fantastic. Film I watch on him, he just jumps off the film. I I think he's a fantastic player. He's got great game speed. Um, really good at going up and getting the ball. Um, and uh, you know, getting it at its high point. Um, he he does a lot really well. I think. The, the place, my dream landing spot for him is Green Bay. I, I really feel like they need a, a speed guy, a guy who can stretch the field, a guy like Jalen Rieger. Um, I, I mean, if Jalen Rieger ends up across from Devontae Adams, lining up across from Devontae Adams, um, that, that, that offense is going to be a whole lot better. Uh, just from just from Rager lining up there, I mean, I, I really feel like Aaron Rodgers needs that that secondary option. I, I think uh, that offense can improve a ton, uh, especially the passing offense with a, uh, a a legitimate threat outside of Devontae Adams. His target share is ridiculous, and that's not going to hold up. I, I I know he's had that that you know a high target share for the past few years, but that that you know you need somebody else in there eventually, you know, because if not, you, you know, teams are going to get innovative to try to f- find ways to take that guy away from Rodgers so we got to get somebody on the opposite side I think Rager would be a perfect fit he's a guy who can stretch the field Rodgers is fantastic at uh, the one thing we've seen that he can do really really well is get out of stuff extend plays and find the open guy down the field Jalen Rager would be that guy even if he's not open he'll high point the ball I mean this is a guy you can throw it up to in 50-50 matchups and feel confident that it's more of a 70-30 matchup Uh, so I think he fits perfect in Green Bay I would love that fit for Rager Nice. Yeah, no, I, I would too. And how long has Green Bay been looking for that number two wide receiver across from Devontae Adams? I, is this the year that they finally get that player? I think if it's, I mean, if it's, I, I like Rager there. Um, I, I think they need that guy. I, I think it's time to find that player across from Devontae Adams. You only got a couple years of Aaron Rodgers left. Um, you You better give him some weapons to try to do something with. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So I'm all right. I'm I'm going to go and give you one of the top players at the position. Again, this this guy is a guy who uh, it's Jerry Judy. And again, Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama, guy who uh, most people have as one or two on on their list. I mean, he is a fantastic route runner. Um, he's he was productive, at, you know, in Alabama. Um, you know, got to play with uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa for the past couple of years, and uh, obviously did some great things with him. Um, but now, you know, turning pro, where is his best landing spot where's where's the dream i mean if if you have uh jerry judy uh, on your your devi team you know let's say you're playing devi where do you want him to land up what is your dream scenario for jerry judy 
Another great, great question here. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like Jerry Judy. Um, I'm not concerned. I know a lot of people are concerned about um, the Alabama receiver situation, whatever the heck you want to. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about another guy here in a minute, too. Um, and, and one that surprised us and didn't come out right, who might be the best of the three. Who the heck knows? I mean, they you know, it, it, you could you could debate with people over that um, all day long. So. Uh, as far as Jerry Judy goes, um, I, I mean, I I really like Judy as a player. The knee turning inward thing concerns me a little bit, um, you know. So so we'll have to see long term with that. I'd like to see him go to the New York Jets, to be honest with you. Um, and I and I think you know Sam Darnold needs help. Help Sam Darnold. You know, get a guy that can can you know can make people miss in the open field get a guy that can get open uh, Jerry Judy's a guy that can do both of those things so I think giving Sam Darnold another weapon here to throw the ball to um, a young quarterback a young receiver um, you know hopefully making a connection and being able to have a long career together in New York that's where I'm going with this one yeah, I, I think it's a realistic option. I think there's a very good chance that this happens. I think it would be great for Darnold. I just, man, it's so hard for me to get behind anybody that's going to go play for Adam Gase. I just, I, man, that guy is just, it's so hard to, to to wrap your mind around what he had in Miami with Kenyon Drake and we see what he's become and Devontae Parker and we've seen, seen what he can do. I mean, it's just so difficult to wrap my mind around you know, is Adam Gase going to use this guy properly, you know, and, and Jerry Judy is, is that guy who, you know, I could just see him going to the Jets and not being used properly for the first few years until Gase is gone. And then all of a sudden this guy just explodes, you know, so um, I, I like it because the Jets need a receiver. Someone's going to catch the ball there. And you would think that Jerry Judy can be that guy. I just I the only hesitation I have again is the coach, man. I mean, but someone's going to go there, and and you know who's who would be the best fit there Pr- probably is Judy. So I can't hate this, um, I, I really can't. It just uh, man, I I just like I said, Adam Gase, man, is is it's tough for me to get behind that that guy. So um, I do I do think the one thing about Gase is I I don't think it's likely that he keeps his job. I I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean I know he's new. I know what's this is year two, right? <laughs> or year it's year two. Year two, yeah. So I don't know that he lasts beyond this year. It, yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're probably right. You're probably right, and that's that's probably a good thing. And I tell you what, that that's the one thing that that I, I learned last year is scenario that you know where the guy is going and and the uh, you know sometimes the landing spot doesn't matter as much as we make it out to to be. Um, I, for instance, Tennessee. AJ Brown went to Tennessee. I was so high on AJ Brown, and then he gets drafted to Tennessee, and I'm like, boy, Mariota's going to throw him the ball. Like I, I don't like that at all you know so I faded AJ Brown well what happens Mariota gets benched Ryan Tannehill comes in AJ Brown is an absolute stud and I have no shares of him because I faded him not on his talent not not you know because I saw his talent it was on his situation and situations change so quickly that you're right Brian that's that's something that I have to take into account is yeah maybe maybe for his rookie year he's not you know fantastic with Gase but Maybe after that, the Jets hire an offensive-minded coach, and it it works out. You know, it's a you know, and and Judy has the talent, so he's you know, and and I faded him like an idiot. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that's a good point there, Brian. All right, James. Well, why don't you tell me about um, another receiver here uh, who is 
a Ryza, and that's Denzel Mims. Yeah, Denzel Mims is a guy who worked out really well at the Combine. He really opened up a lot of eyes. But when you watch his tape uh, at, at, out of Baylor, he's very productive. Um, he does a lot of things really well. Uh, so I, I think, you know, his fit's going to be tricky because I do feel like um, his skill set has to be utilized a certain way. Um, I, I honestly think that the, the, the place that would make the, the make his, his uh, value just sh- shoot through the roof would be the Kansas City Chiefs, and look, 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 I know that they have Hardman, and, uh, but it, it, Watkins is going to be gone. He's going to play somewhere else, and, and McCole Hardman, you know, they drafted, and that's fine, but they, I mean, they really are thin outside of that. I mean, you know, uh, Demarcus Robinson's gone, so uh, he's a free agent, so, you know, he's likely gone. So, I mean, Bry- Byron Pringle is, is, is it, I mean, other than that. So, I think I think they need a receiver. I think Denzel Mims is a guy who fits really well there. He would do some of the things, um, you know, a little bit differently than guys like Tyreek Hill. You know, he's not a he's not a streaker. He's not a burner like Hill and like, uh, you know, McCole um, Hardman are. This would be a guy who could work the middle of the field, who could, you know, I really do some things different than than the guys that they have. So um, while I don't think he would be, you know, a, a wide receiver one on that team, I do feel like he can contribute on a high-powered offense. He'd be the wide receiver three there in the third or fourth option on that offense. Uh, I, I think he could really excel in that role in an offense that's going to score a ton of points so uh denzel mims i think would fit very nicely on the chiefs and would uh, complement what they already have on that roster really really well yeah i like that too man uh i I like that as far as his skill set fitting in there with what they don't have uh at this point um you know they 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 have the burners (laughs) right i mean in in hill and miko hardman um so so yeah i mean i i i i like that one a lot i think you hit that one out of the park all right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what, let's go to the next name. I'm going to give you another speed receiver, another guy out of Alabama. I'm going to give you Henry Ruggs. This guy is a guy who just is is super fast. Ran, what, a 4-2-something, 40. I mean, he, he, he blazed that 40 time at the combine. He's, he's uh, like we know. I mean, we saw that he has functional speed on the field. He's very, very fast. Um, this is a guy who I, I'm a little lower on than most people as far as his uh, you know what he's done on the field. He hasn't really had that breakout yet, and I think that's where a lot of the analytics crew is is not on him either. But this is a guy that I think the NFL is going to be on. We saw what happened with John Ross when he ran as fast as he did. Henry Ruggs, I think, is climbing up draft boards. He's going to have some serious draft capital, I think, Brian. But what is his dream spot? If you could pick one team to take him, what's the dream spot for Henry Ruggs? Yeah, so this comes down to two teams for me. Um, I, I think there's the place where he's likely to go and the place where I'd love to see him go. And the place where I'd love to see him go is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, to me, this is Deshaun Jackson 2.0. Mm, I love that. Uh, and and Carson Wentz, I mean, we've seen, we saw at the beginning of the season, right, in the first two games, what Deshaun Jackson did coming back as a 34-year-old receiver, but still with that skill set coming back to the Eagles and Carson Wentz, I mean, just the chemistry that they had and, and Wentz's big arm, um, you know, Carson Wentz loves Deshaun Jackson style players. So, uh, I mean, we saw it with Nelson Aguilar at times too, and Aguilar doesn't have the speed that Ruggs and Deshaun Jackson have it by any means, but um, I just think Henry Ruggs would be a, a great fit in this offense, um, you know, taking over that particular role. 
I, I love it. I, I think that's great. The Eagles is a perfect fit. Um, I love the comparison to uh, to Deshaun Jackson personally. Um, I know there are some people that love that and some some that don't, and that that's fine. You know, comps are what they are. Um, we don't, you know, it, it just it, you know when you watch a guy, if he reminds you of someone, that's the comp, and he reminds me of Deshaun Jackson, so I, I can see it. Uh, so I I think I think it's a great fit for the Eagles. I really do. I think this is the kind of guy that they would uh, really benefit from. Um, you know, looking at their receiving core right now, I mean, they don't really have much. If Alshon Jeffrey does you know does return from from his you know his foot issue which you know his latest foot issue um he, he's not the kind of guy that henry ruggs is i mean rugs would be a fantastic compliment to what jeffrey does so um you can work the middle of the field with Ertz. you need a guy who can stretch the field and keep the safeties back i love it i think i think henry ruggs i mean, he nailed that one out of the park i think that's a, a perfect fit for rugs thanks man so, uh, so I'll give you another one here. Uh, we're getting kind of close to the end, so that's good news for the listeners. <laughs> but uh, so, Lavishka Chenault, tell me about Lavishka Chenault and where his best fit is. Man, Lavishka Chenault's a burner too. He, he's he's kind of a guy who I, you got to manufacture touches for him. I think that's my main concern with Chenault. Um, is you know he he has a little bit of an injury history, which is concerning, and. It, you know, when he's got the ball in his hand, he is electric. And, and so I think coaches want to find ways to get him the ball, to get, to get the ball in his hands. Well, I think his perfect fit is in Denver with the Broncos. Look, he went to college at Colorado. It's a local kid. And you get to keep him in state. Uh, it, you know, so it's an easy sell to Broncos fans, you know, to, to a lot of them at least, uh, first of all. Second of all, you have Cortland Sutton. I think Deshaun Hamilton is okay. But I, I, you still need another receiver, and Tim Patrick's not the answer there. Um, you, you have a young core um, with Noah Fant. You have a young wide, re, uh, young quarterback rather. Um, you you got to surround him with weapons, and I think Lavisca Chenault could be that kind of weapon. I mean, he's going to be the ultimate complement to what Corwin Sutton does, to what Noah Fant does, and that's that's really the way I looked at this. Was you know what what do these teams need? And I feel like what Corwin Sutton does really well, um, you know, I I, I think. With what he does well, what Noah Fant does well, what can complement them? And I think what Chenault does is is different. He's a playmaker. He's the kind of guy who you can get him the ball on a wide receiver screen, and this guy could could break it. You know, I mean, this is that type of a player, a guy who you want to get the ball to in space. You know, uh, you can have uh, Noah Fant stretch the seam. You can have Sutton, you know, working the uh, the intermediate to deep part of the field as well. And you know, with all the attention going out there, you just dump it off to Chenault and let him work his magic. Um, I, I think this could be a really nice fit, especially with Melvin Gordon there now. I think the Broncos are going for it, and I think I don't think they're they're very far away from competing. Um, so I, I Chenault to me makes the most sense, man. What what do you think? Am I way off my rocker on this one? Uh, no, no, I I like that one too. Um, I definitely think the Broncos are in the market for a wide receiver for sure. Across from Cortland Sutton, um, Deshaun Hamilton, <clears throat> while he's not bad, he's better in the slot. I mean, that's that's where he made his his name at Penn State too. Was you know playing the slot receiver role. So, um, I think he's he's a lot more. Um. Uh, I think he's made his game is made for that role. So you need another player opposite Cortland Sutton on the other side of the field to do outside receiver things. <laughs> so I, I like this a lot. I mean, I think I think Chenault could fit. I think there's a couple of other guys that I like maybe as a, a little bit better in Denver. But if it ends up being Chenault, I, I think that I would be perfectly fine with that one uh, as well. Yeah, I, I I don't know that I'm I'm 
again in love with Chenault as the player. Um, I just have some some question marks about him. Um, you know, injury risk being being the main one. But uh, but I, I I do think as far as his fit goes for him, I think Denver would be would be a fantastic landing spot. So yeah, Brian, we got two receivers left that we're going to talk about and find homes for. Um, and boy, I like both these guys. I'm going to give you a guy, I'm going to give you a guy who I like an awful lot here. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll take the last guy, but I'm going to give you T Higgins wide receiver. Yeah, there you go. Uh, wide receiver out of Clemson, dude, a big body, uh, a guy who, uh, who, who is definitely intriguing, um, a guy who didn't work out at the Combine. So there's some unknown about him. You know, there's some, uh, you know, what what is his speed? How athletic can he be? That sort of thing. Um, I think on tape he shows, you know, kind of what, what type of player he is. So tell me, what do you think is going to be his best fit? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's funny, right? So we just talked about the Broncos. Um, and personally, I love T. Higgins in Denver. And here's why. Here's why. So it's against conventional wisdom, right? You already have that guy, essentially, in Cortland Sutton, right? Big, tall, physical wide receiver, high points the ball, great body control, um, you know, pretty decent speed. I think Sutton's, Sutton is probably faster than Higgins, but it's not like T. Higgins is a big... It's not like he's Groot running down there, right? So... I love the idea of two of those guys on the outside because I think when you have two players, Drew Locke has had success throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton. I mean, that that was evident. That's, you know, and, and you can we can argue about Drew Locke a different time. Uh, I, I think you are a little bit higher on him than than maybe I have been uh, and and. You know, I know Stompy's a little bit higher than I have been. I'm not sure how John feels because he changes it so often. Um, but, <laughs> but I I like the idea of having those two big wide, big physical, tall wide receivers on the outside in Denver. Um, you know, I, I think with you know you you need guys too that can block downfield, and I know you don't draft a wide receiver to block downfield, but he, yeah, they have to have a a a wide skill set. Um, and I think T Higgins has that. I think he can do a lot of things. Well, um, I think he'll run better when he gets the chance to run, uh, better than he maybe people think. Um, I mean, all the, all the dude did his whole career at Clemson was make plays. That's all he did was make plays. He, he made big catches in big games for four years, three years, four years. Was he, is he, he's seen junior, junior, so yeah, yeah. So three years. That's all he did. Big plays in big games. So um, I, I love T. Higgins. He's he's. I, I know he's a polarizing prospect, um, and, and I know that a lot of people are are a little bit down on him right now because of um, you know his his choosing not to participate in the combine, and now not getting the opportunity to to show what what he's capable of at a pro day or anything like that either. Um, with all this junk that's going on. So, um, but, but I, I really like T Higgins. I think he's a superstar. Uh, I think he's going to prove it in the league. Big. I am team big Clemson wide receiver. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So here, here's the thing. 
it, it makes sense because of something that you said, and that's the blocking. And, and I think that's something that we don't always look at as far as, you know, why, why teams draft certain ways is, is that there's other aspects than, you know, what we see in fantasy. And for T. Higgins, his blocking is going to be crucial for, for a team like Denver. If they, want to, if they want to bring in a big receiver like that, it's going to be because they have Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded coach. They just brought in Melvin Gordon. It looks like they want to rely on the running game um, and defense. And, and, and that's not a, that's not a you know, that's, that's a formula we see with a lot of defensive coaches, defensive-minded head coaches. Vic Fangio is that. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe they get these two big, hulking wide receivers on the outside. They go, hey, look, these guys can block for the run. We're going to run the ball an awful lot. And when we do throw, we're going to be okay with those two guys and with Noah Fan. So it does make sense. I think there's other spots I'd rather see Higgins go personally, but I, I can't really say that this is terrible. Um, I, I, I see your point here, and it, it there's definitely some appeal there for me. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's get to the last name, Brian. Introduce him, and, uh, and I will tell you the perfect spot for him. I, I'm confident that I have the perfect spot for him. So go right ahead. Nice. Well, I'm very excited about this one because uh, this is another one of my favorite players in this class, and it's Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU. Um, so where do you have him, James? Minnesota. He he fits so well as a Viking, and I'm not concerned that Tajay Sharp signed a one-year deal there either. He can be a wide receiver three, and they'd be fine. But I think Minnesota makes so much sense. Justin Jefferson, when I watched him, he had some Stephon Diggs to his game. I mean, he just did. And now, he, now he's not the route runner that Diggs is yet. I, I don't want to hear that. But I mean, he just he has some of the qualities uh, that that's I saw in Stephon Diggs when he came out of Maryland. So I just think Justin Jefferson fits perfectly. I think he would he would fit seamlessly into that spot. I think he would work really well in that offense. Everything we hear about his character is very good. I think he'd get along really well with uh, with that uh, with you know Cousins and and Thielen and the, the the relationship they have. I think he would fit this offense very very well with what they do. They need a wide receiver too. And I think this is the guy. This is a guy that, uh, hey, he played at LSU. He's used to, I mean, look, he, he was there more than one year. You know, he was there a few years. So when you look at a guy like that, you know, he, he understands an offense that's built around the run and where he's got to, you know, what he's got to do as far as that goes. So um, I, I think this is a perfect fit. I really do. I think Justin Jefferson in Minnesota makes too much sense not to happen. So, Brian, here it is. It's the end of the night. Either tell me I'm an idiot or tell me I'm a genius. No, man, I like that one a lot. Um, the the only thing here, so this is going to get a little bit interesting right at the end of the show because, so I love that fit. I love that fit. I think the other place for me, it, it makes total sense. Minnesota makes total sense. I agree. Um, and I think that he does have some Stefan Diggs to his game. Um, I think he's a little more physical maybe than Diggs. Um, but but I, I like, I love Justin Jefferson. I also think that he would be a great fit in Green Bay because here's the thing. He's Devontae Adams. <laughs> when I watch him play, that's the guy for me, the comp. Not, not. I mean, obviously upside comp, right? But, but to me, I think he, he can be the heir apparent in Green Bay. I think he can be the wide receiver too for now and play a different role. But then when Devontae Adams is gone, I think he can step right into that role. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that fit either. I really wouldn't. Um, I, I think that would make a lot of sense as well. Uh, and, heck, I, I, NFC North, you know, at least I nailed the division. So <laughs> we got that going. But, 
Yeah, Brian, this was a ton of fun, man. Talking rookies, talking dream landing spots. So to our listeners, hey, look, if you if, if you're listening to this and you disagree with something, you agree with something, whatever, let us know. You can uh, you can get to me um, at underscore James the Brain on Twitter. You can get to Brian at Brian Har FF on Twitter. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know, uh, or you can at the show handle. Um, you know, uh, the show on Twitter is at Superflex Show. You can at them and uh, and and let us know. You know what you think. Uh, about about some of these landing spots that we have are the comps all wrong what what do you think are, are we right on with some of these uh, or what are you hoping as fans of these teams so um, yeah so we're so we're gonna we're gonna end it now special thanks to heart and soul radio for their use of the song the addiction for our intro and outro music and a special thanks as always to dynasty league football and the dlf family of podcasts and the support of the entire DLF staff. Their ongoing support means a ton to us. Uh, make sure that you are liking and rating our uh, our podcast uh, if you can on whatever platform you listen to. That helps us get essential uh, coverage to you. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you enjoy, and what you don't. So make sure that you're doing that. Also, if you have any trades or you have any polls, make sure that you send them to us at Superflex Show on Twitter. We can always retweet them there. We can always uh, analyze them, give you our feedback. And then who knows, we may even bring it on the show to analyze that as well. So we are out, Brian. Till next time. What do we say on this thing? We say, stay sexy. And super flexy. Nice.